Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today we will be discussing the circumpunct, or point within the circle. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. Freemason here in the Grand Lodge of Washington, and we have with us this evening our, two of our usual hosts, David Colbeth, also from the Grand Lodge of Washington, and Stephen Chung of the Grand Lodge of British Columbia in the Yukon. And to this evening, we are gifted with having two guests, which we are grateful for having here today. We have Karsten Osterhold, who is a Mason up in, in British Columbia, and Zane McCune, who is here in Washington with us. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So this evening we'll be discussing, as I said earlier, the circumpuncture point within the circle, which is a, a really ancient symbol that can be found all over the world in uh, with various meanings. And uh, it's probably, I'm sure, within a, one of these podcasts or even two or three, we'll not be able to cover all the symbolism behind it. But uh, just sort of as a general starting point, um, where do you, uh-oh, it's become Christmas all over the here. Where, <laughs> where do you guys... Um, what symbolism do you see within the point within the circle that you're, comes to mind for you? Well, I was, I was reading about it, and uh, Claudia has a diagram that talks about the, the two parallel lines he believes that represent, you know, many times in Masonic information, we have the circumpunct or this point within a circle, and then there's the two parallel lines that adjoin with it. And he talks about the parallel lines being the summer solstices, and, you know, they, they align so well with the, also with St. John's Day. And, uh, 24th of June and then 27th of December, and they represent the highest and lowest points of the sun as they travel north and south. And so is uh, w one thing that I found. If you want me to jump in there, uh, basically when I look at it, there's there, there's kind of four aspects to it. There is the um, there's the mathematical one. There is the astrological one, which you just uh, had. There is the moral one, which we're given in Lodge, you know, the, uh, the, the lessons it's in, intended to inculcate. Then there's also um, uh, the, the kind of ancient one, uh, the ancient symbol of, of various deities uh, uh, throughout the world. So it, uh, as, as with most Masonic symbols, there is not just really one of them. There's, there's, there's several of them which, uh, which have it, and they're, and they're all quite, uh, quite valid uh, onto it. Probably the original one why it was in the operative masons was uh, was the mathematical uh, formula onto it um it's the way to make a true uh, a right angle there so it's a uh, so any master who's trying anyone's work all you can do is you draw the circle and uh, you put a dot in the middle and then you put a line that goes straight across and bisects that that dot and now you put a dot anywhere on the circumference of that circle 
and you join up the lines, you're going to end up with a right angle triangle. Doesn't matter where where you do it. It's it, it'll it'll it's a foolproof method of uh, of making a right angle or trying a right angle. And if you put the the lines on the either side, you can make a triangle either above or below the circle by uh, having a line that just touches the uh, the circle, but the the line will only extend towards the uh, the two parallel lines. And then you just draw a line down to the circle. So uh, again, you're always going to end up with a, pru a true uh, right angle triangle. So and I was reading, uh, I was reading about that. That that was one of the things that they used because they used metal tools for construction. I'm sorry, wooden tools and not metal mm -hmm. before metallurgy. Because they use wooden tools, they needed to have that ability to be able to make sure that they were true. That's right. And it's even uh, considered like Anderson's in his constitutions in uh, 1723. Uh, you know, he lists that as, as like the, the great secret of a, uh, of a Mason. You know, that was the master's job is, is he, cause he had to be able to, to have a way to be able to try and prove all his workmen's work. If it was actually right angles there. And uh, just by a, a simple point within a circle, you could, uh, you could figure out right quickly uh, whether or not something was a right angle or not. So, so I'm, I'm going to, I probably should have started with this. I'm going to share, try and share here. I've never done this before on this app, but uh, we, we talk about the circumpunct and is it sharing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So there you go. Just in case anyone wasn't sure what we we're talking about, the, the symbol we're talking about here is literally a point in the center of a circle, which Masonically frequently has two parallel lines and sometimes uh, the volume of sacred law across the top of it here. That's Just correct, to yeah. sort of make sure that it's clear to everybody. Um, sometimes, a lot of times in other applications, you see it without the parallel lines. You just see literally the point and the circle. Yeah, there's, there's lots of iterations of this. Um, and you'll see it in Masonic literature with the, uh, with the Holy Saints John on either side as well. So um, I, I think um, to address your earlier question, um, like many symbols within Freemasonry, we've we've uh, adopted and kind of co-opted along the way. It's certainly not a, an original Freemasonic symbol. Uh, you can tie the, the circumpunct, the point within a circle back to um, um, quite a bit through antiquity. There's also talk about it being a, uh, I don't know if I can say this on air or not, but <laughs> a, uh, if, if you look at, uh, uh, that's uh, not, not sexual, I guess, but a, a, a phallic type symbol, right? I mean, it's, it's a deity, but a deity based symbol uh, that the, the, the point is actually, if, if you look at it, if you think, imagine yourself looking down on it. Yeah. The point is actually a, a pillar, if you will, or a, yeah, it's a phallic. Yeah. Going up. And then the, the circle is the receptor of that. Uh, but it's also the, the picture of deity that uh, somebody, we were, I forwarded a message to the guys about uh, a Mason that had done a show or a recording on a little project he had done. And he had said that the, his, his opinion was that the, the all seeing eye was actually a version of the circumpunct uh, because that represents deity. Well, the ancient Indians uh, believed they had, um, either kind of a, a pedestal or a chalice that would represent the female. And right in the middle, they would have the, the phallus, you know, sticking up to it, which was the male. And the two of them together is the, uh, the great regenerative uh, processes. So, uh, and they even believe that after the flood, that was the only thing that was, 
think there's some legend that was the only thing that was left over and that kind of was on the the surface of the water and through that all life resprang uh to it and uh there's some who think that uh, that's where it came into Egypt. I mean, in Egypt, you'll have uh, ancient carvings with the uh, the point within a circle. And on both sides, they have uh, two uh, serpents onto it, uh, but straight, not wavy. And uh, they're supposed to represent the Alpha and Omega. The uh, And that's a, a, a wisdom and power. That's the symbol of their, their ancient symbol of God. And, and so that thing is going back you know, how many ever thousands of years ago carved in, in Egypt. So it, it's, it's been around a really long time. So Carson, it was interesting to get your perspective on, uh, you know, the, kind of the, the four uh, illusions that the point in a circle represents to you. Um, for me, I, um, I, had a, I had a few more, um, and one of them uh, relates to an alchemical illusion. Um, and the um, point within a circle is uh, an alchemical symbol for the sun. Mm -hmm. And um, interestingly, it's also a symbol for gold. So uh, that's, the, um, that's the symbol for gold. So as we uh, talk about making, you know, making men better um, and finding, you know, depending on how deep we want to go down the alchemical rabbit hole, you know, we're, we're, we're finding those things within ourselves um, and we're, we're um, distilling them and then we're using them to kind of reconstruct ourselves and make ourselves better. Okay, so there's kind of the, the 30 second connection to alchemy. Um, and it's, um, you know, the idea of turning lead into gold is um, one which is controversial um, for most people, because they think that alchemists were literally trying to, to, to turn lead into gold. But if you think about it a little bit more from an allegorical perspective, that's what we're doing to ourselves. We're turning ourselves from, from lead into gold. And uh, that gold is that point within a circle. And that's the, that's the um, uh, alchemical illustration of, of what that is. So we've got connections in there that, you know, probably don't talk about much in Lodge. Uh, just because alchemy doesn't come up that much, but um, that's certainly one of the first things I think of when I look at that of that symbol. That's just the point within a circle. We add the lines, the parallel lines, and the holy um, volume of sacred law on top, and that's you right. know, decor it quite a bit more. But um, but just taking it down to its its base symbol. Well, even uh, to expand a little bit on what David said about the uh, the Saint John the Baptist and Saint John the Evangelist, it. Uh, they have some sort of moral significance, but I don't think there's anyone who actually believes that they were Masons or had any real connection. It, it, right. it, it's a definite allusion to the, uh, the, uh, the summer and the winter solstice, and the Baptist is always on the left and uh, the other one's on the right. I've also uh, I read an interesting paper that uh, they felt that the point within the circle actually represents the equinoxes because it's you know a dead, dead center in between. So you have uh, the the solstices, which are the extremes, and if you take even a look at the um, uh, the sun's path throughout the year, it's the uh, the the longest and the shortest days. There are the extremes, and right in uh, dead center are the equinoxes, which is equally distant day and night in there, both the uh, the uh, spring and fall equinoxes. So uh, the uh, uh, the whole thing could relate to the 
the uh, the entire seasons of the year as a, almost as an astrological calendar type of thing. Right, with the sun with the sun being in the middle, and for example, like the Earth orbiting around the sun. Yeah, I think we, we kind of that's our sort of our allusion to the circumambulation uh, when we do something like that. So you bring up a good point about the about the Holy Saints John. Um, and you know, maybe not much uh, academic argument that they were in a sense Masons. If you wanted to frame up an argument, you'd even ask yourself, uh, we talk about them being the patron saints of Masons, but really um, neither one of them were, if we were gonna talk about a patron saint, we probably would talk about uh, St. Thomas, who's the patron saint of architecture and building. From, from purely that perspective, he would be a better quote unquote patron saint of Masonry than than the holy saints john's um uh, saint john the baptist saint john the evangelist have you dove into any of that kind of <laughs> argument it was like why why is there a connection to the holy saints john the way we the way we have it set up now well uh, interesting that you mentioned that from documents that we have from the 1500s uh many of them uh mentioned saint thomas as the as their patron saint right and uh, and I think it's some uh, belief that as it became more Christianized, but I, uh, that they became the saints. But I do think that, uh, as you can see the little diagram there, that when they were trying to explain it there with the, um, that uh, what, the, what the line or the significance of the Holy Saints John, where it was kind of hidden in allegory about the, uh, uh, about the summer and the wilt, uh, winter solstice, I, I think that's how they started to become more of, uh, involved with, with masonry but originally saint thomas was the uh, was kind of almost universally recognized there was a few that had saint john but more of them had saint thomas as their patron saint so uh, what i what i've read and maybe one of the other uh, uh guys on the show here have, may have read but um uh the uh early gnostics were the ones that um uh had connection to uh, St. John the Baptist. And I, I think what I've read is some connection from a, um, uh, from a Gnostic perspective. That's where, that's where um, we were introduced as, as kind of early Freemasonry was introduced to um, St. John the Baptist. Do you, do you know why St. Thomas isn't part of our ritual and our lore so much? No, it just seemed to, um, as I said, in the 1500s, many of the writings uh, of the, the very old ones, the, uh, the old charges, they had St. Thomas in there. Um, but by the time everything is getting a, a much greater structure in the early 1700s, uh, that seems to have completely disappeared. And uh, you only see the, uh, the two Saints, John. And, and uh, I, I've never read a, a real satisfactory explanation why is uh, why one was pushed out and the other ones were adopted. So, I wonder was if there was any symbolism behind it. Maybe there just wasn't enough symbolism to connect it. It was just, a, just an allegory and didn't have anything to connect it. Well, I, I think so. I think they wanted to introduce the, the kind of the hidden meaning of, of the thing with the Holy Saints, John. And uh, so they had to be included and there wasn't really any kind of hidden meaning that you could include with St. Thomas there. So, uh, <laughs> So he, he left and, the, and this Holy Saints Johns came in. So. so speaking of allegory and whatnot, you know, there's several references, um, you know, when you sat in Lodge long enough, you hear references to the point within a circle several times. Like recently we just had the 
Master Mason certificate presentation. And in there, the line, there's the line, but the greatest of all you are taught in every degree, more particularly in the Master Mason degree, in the value <clears throat> in Freemasonry of the volume of sacred law, that point within a circle from which a Master Mason cannot err if he places his trust in the sacred oracles. So dissect that because, like, you know, it doesn't go along with the St. John's or it just, you know, it just, you know what I mean? You guys who know more? Well, as as with every symbol, there is like, there's, there, there's many meetings. The, the moral meeting, it's the same thing in the Entered Apprentice uh, lecture uh, where it's given, where the, the whole explanation of St. John's and the volume across it and it's, uh, you know, the point represents an individual brother, the circle, the boundary line of his duty towards God and man across which he's never to suffer his passions, prejudices, or interests to betray him on any occasion. So he's supposed to circumscribe and keep him within those due bounds. It's, a, it's an admonition on how, how he should live his life, you know, uh, uh, type of thing. So um, as with every symbol in masonry, you have many different explanations. One is always a moral explanation for it. I find it interesting that there's always many different explanations for, you know, the same reference. In your Canadian lodges, do you include an image of a point within a circle in yeah. your lodges? Yeah, we have it on uh, uh, in in the ancient work that we do. We have uh, very similar to uh, what you had up there. Uh, we there is like a a, a lecture, and we do uh, it's like a, a fairly large tracing board onto it, and and on there is the point within the circle, the two lines, and you have. St. John the Baptist on one side, St. John the Evangelist on the other side, and above the volume of sacred law. So. And many of our lodges here in Washington have some kind of a picture or uh, a, a diagram or something that they place in the east somewhere, uh, kind of as a regular furniture almost of the lodge. And I just was reviewing the, the, the video I had sent out about that gentleman that was doing the lecture on the point within a circle. He, he alluded that while the degree talks about it being always displayed in lodge, it's not that it's actually, it doesn't, the, the ritual doesn't say displayed, it says represented. And I had to double check and sure enough, it does say represented because his, his argument or his analogy was that, that, that is actually displayed all the time because the, the new, as you said, the initiate or the Mason is the point. And as he's in the lodge, then the, the two parallel lines are the Masons on the sides of the lodge and the Holy scriptures the altar is the top and the Holy scriptures are on the altar. And so the, the circle is represented by the due bounds that the brothers of the lodge help him to maintain. And I thought it was an interesting idea. I hadn't thought about it being the lodge itself, being the representation of the point within a circle and not just an actual image somewhere hanging on the wall. I've also, well, in regarding a lodge, I've heard it that the two lines are the brethren on both sides. The uh, the point is the volume of the sacred law in the middle, and the circle represents the candidate as he's going through his initiation, going around uh, around the middle of the lodge. So the circle kind of represents his past. So it's almost a depiction of uh, of a brother getting one of his degrees type of thing as he's going through one of his degrees. So it's uh, I suppose I think you can say almost anything. Yeah, I think Zane, you alluded to that too, the circumambulation part. Yeah. Well, interestingly, so I'm, I've, I've got a book here that has been a, just a really interesting read for me. And and so maybe to that point that Carson just illustrated, 
Um, and it kind of goes into saying it was a symbol found in part of the Gnostic initiation process. Uh, getting to the center of the circle was the path of Gnosis. And so for them, um, and it goes on to say, this is why what Christ is said to have come before him were baptized with water and air, but he came to baptize with fire. Fire represented in the initiation into Gnosis and in Freemasonry, it's related to our third degree. Um, so I think, you know, just like with a lot of symbols within our craft, we've taken something um, which has been used somewhere else, which has been used from something else. And we've kind of, like I say, kind of co-opted it and put our own uh, meaning into it. Uh, and, and because of these things, this is why I'm, I'm actually um, somewhat in the camp of, you know, when we say Freemasonry is ancient, um, it is for me. It may not be called Freemasonry that long ago, but we have things that harken back to that time that have kind of rolled over. And now we have, we own these symbols and these are our interpretations of these symbols, but um, they're certainly not ours and ours alone. No, exactly. I mean, Freemasonry is, it's often been described as the uh, inheritor of all the ancient mystery schools. And so it's not surprising that we've kind of co-opted all the, all the various important symbols of all these other older mystery schools and incorporated them within Freemasonry. So I think the question that you need to ask is, should we as Masons be, you know, um, uh, ex to what extent are we, ex should we be exploring these other connections with these other mystery schools and the meanings that these symbols had to them? And do we, do we find any value out of that? Or as Masons, should we kind of focus down the, you know, the, 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 the illustrations and meanings that have been assigned to them from a, from a Masonic sense? Um, it's just, you know, I think it's, it's of course, lots, lots of personal, right? It depends on what the guy wants to do. If he's interested in learning about that, of course, there may or may not be meetings because it's a human interpretation. We, you know, is, the, is there really a meaning behind it? <clears throat> yeah, there, there might be, and you might be able to make some connections to it, but I think it's a, a personal level with word, how far does the guy want to go and, and how, how distant of a connection you can make between things. <clears throat> I just was thinking, we've, we had a show recently, not recently, it's been a while now, on uh, cable toe. And, you know, if we talk about the cable toe being the device that helps us to limit our uh, abilities, if you will, so does the point within a circle to help us to limit our, uh, you know, our passions and do bounds. And so where do those two things, you know, connect or are they different? Is it is it one a, a restrictor and one's a, one's a reminder? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Lots Carson, at the beginning, you alluded, you alluded to four different aspects, um, and I wanted to see if we touched on all those. I know we talked about mathematical. I know we talked about moral. Where there there were two more. Did we? Well, did we hit the, those? Uh, well, well, there was the astrological uh, uh, symbolism of it. It's the um, whereas the uh, the uh, they they symbolize the uh, the different solstices, and I, I think you already brought up the uh, you know the sun is the uh, is the astrolog uh, a small circle with a dot into it is an astrological symbol of the sun, and uh, and the uh, the other one uh, was uh, really the uh, where it was a symbol of, of many of these ancient deities and uh, and and we touch upon it a little bit uh, in in India and uh, and in Egypt uh, that it was a symbol of the deity and. Uh, 
we're we're kind of used to just the one god right now, but the ancients they they never saw that. They always saw a uh, a combination of a male and female. Uh, you know, uh, even Jupiter and Jove, they all they all had to have uh, a male and female aspect to it, and so. Uh, very much so that the the circle has always been you know it's kind of like a female representation and the uh, uh, the point which is when you're looking at it as kind of like a, a two dimensional thing on there instead of three dimensional it's actually kind of like a phallus into it so it's a combination of basically the male and female regenerative processes type of thing which is for the ancients was the most important thing otherwise you didn't have life so that was always uh, so it seems that in in many different cultures around that that point within a circle of whatever deity they believed in was kind of like an overarching uh, symbol of of a deity type of thing so you could uh well you can say it's a point you know they represent individual brothers you can also quite logically say that also recommend uh, uh represents a god or or deity whatever you want to call it well they as you talked about the being a summer solstice and the the saint john's days and the times of the year uh summer winter solstice they 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 represent the times of maybe beat this up fecundity and harvest right the the inception and then finishing of harvest and so it's, it's the same same idea it's beginning and the end essentially uh, of whether it's life or plants or whatever. And so uh, it's, it's definitely that connected. Do you, do you think that the ancients had uh, a male and a female because there were male and females? And so they just assumed that it had to be two because there were always male and female. I mean, we don't have, of course, have a third, uh, a third gender. Well, nowadays we might, but <laughs> that's a whole other show. Uh, uh, but you know, in, in ancient times, it was men and women. There was two genders, and so do you think that there had to be two deities because there were two genders? Is that? Yeah, I I, I don't think they could really wrap their head around how just a, for example, a male deity could bring into creation anything by himself, right? You know, they, it, you know, they they looked around and what they saw for every animal uh, that, you know, everything that's living, it it needs a male and a female type of thing in order for it to. Uh, 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 for new life to be created. So I think that was just a natural assumption for them that uh, whatever creator deities there was, you know, they, there had to be male and female properties to it. Otherwise, you couldn't have life. You know, you, uh, life couldn't spring forth from just a male type of thing. So I find it interesting we're, you're, we were talking to tie together the creation and the, the ast well, astrological slash astronomical. Um, there's a I've read a couple of times, although I don't feel like I know enough about it to speak intelligently about it, that the um, the point within the circle can also represent the creation process of the universe itself, of the word of God creating the universe, or if you will, the strong, uh, astronomically, <laughs> the the Big Bang process for that matter, There, because there is there is space and then there's something beyond space, and there's, so there's a, there's a border there somewhere of where, what is beyond what we have here what was created in the, in the big bang. Um, have you guys read anything about that? Or is that just something I, that deposited itself in my brain from some random place? No, I, I haven't seen anything about that. So. Okay. I'll... I haven't either, but, uh, I think with this symbol, I think there's just, there's lots of different connections and, and ways to explore it. So it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. And also astronomically, one of the, one of the other things that always struck me was the, the, we talk about the circumambulation and I mean, it, 
ties in my mind it pretty clearly into the the circumpunct as a as a symbol but the i think the candidate goes the wrong way around the altar okay we got to fix that i think the sun goes the other way or the earth goes the other way around the sun so we got to work on that one uh, yeah, the Earth goes around the Sun, but uh, what I've uh, what I've read in uh, in many different things is when the candidate goes around, he's not representing the Earth; he's representing the Sun. And when you look at the Sun from uh, uh, from when where we are in the northern hemisphere, uh, the the Sun would that's the path that the the Sun would make. And so uh, the the candidate isn't actually uh, the Earth going around the Sun. Uh, he's uh, he's mirroring uh, mirroring the uh, how he believes the uh, that the sun move, moves around there. So uh, uh, that's the observed from, the observed trajectory of the sun yeah, to so the, the from the point of the, the earth. earth. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So in most of the books that I've read, that they they say that's why we uh, why everything always goes clockwise around there is because you're mirroring the the movement of the sun. Freemasons aren't the only. Um uh organization to have that type of uh process for initiation that's that's not unique to freemasonry either no it seems to be the natural thing that almost it's the uh, uh the the harmonic way is to go clockwise and and not counterclockwise but i'm not uh besides mirroring the sun i'm not entirely sure why so 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 what i've read in this and i'm not sure i could cite this right now off the top of my head but um was that uh the ceremony is related to a rite of purification and um uh it it's uh it, it's in connection to this the latin word lustrare which came to signify both to purify something which is what its original meaning was and also to walk around anything um, these two were interconnected so much that walking around something and being purified by it uh, were were connected. Um, and that's like I said. I don't think I could cite that right now, but um, that's what I've. That's some of the stuff I've read as well. Which would make sense in lodge. One of the very first things that we do to the candidate is to circumambulate him, or we we um, purify him before he can take part of the actual initiation. So that's our step. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So I notice all the hosts have their screens muted and, and the, our two guests are talking up a storm and luckily we've got you because you're, you uh, are fonts of information here. Oh, now they all unmute themselves. I see. We're <laughs> <laughs> coming to defend ourselves. <laughs> we were just absorbing all that knowledge that our guests had to share and exactly. didn't want to interrupt them, you know? Exactly. I was going to see if I could find the diagram that uh, Carson was talking about in the very beginning. You know, it's, it's nice to be able to explain it, but it's also nice to be able to see it. And uh, we're fortunate with video. We can do that on the podcast. People can't see what we're doing here all the time, but, um, but it would be fun to, if I'm mad, if you have the ability to find that diagram and share it, you did such a good job sharing this last, the last show uh, that you'll see, I, tr I tried to do a screen share and it really messed up the video orientation and so we're going to be a little miniature pictures are, are you know with zane on there we were uh we were talking about the the chamber reflection thank you chamber reflection and so the images turned out good but then when it comes back from my screen sharing it shows a little tiny picture of us on my side and i'm sideways <laughs> i don't know if, well, if 
we are running out of time in our, our show for today. So I would, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Karsten Osterhold and Zane McHune for joining us here on the Working Tools Masonic podcast of our conversation about the point within the circle. So thank you guys, and we look forward to hearing from both of you again soon. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you.